Today's episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast is presented by our presenting sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen. Check out the new crispy chicken sandwich at any one of their locations in the Santa Barbara area, downtown on Chapala Street, in Goleta, in Hollister Village, and on Calle Real, and at their location in Isla Vista on Pardal. We're also brought to you by a guy with a truck, Junk Removal. Call 805-689-1413 for a free, no obligations quote. Check them out on Instagram at well, as well. A guy with a truck, junk removal. All right, we got game highlights from the weekend series with UC Irvine, then an interview with head coach Andrew Checkets, reviewing the weekend and looking ahead to uh, the three-game series next weekend against UCLA. And then we got UCSB Analytics stopping in for some weekend awards and a minor league report, minor league baseball getting started. They are a weekend, so we check in on the 19 minor leaguers that the Gauchos have playing professional baseball. All right, let's get to it. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one strike pitch, and Mitchell bounces the deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. Bare hand by Will to throw to first in time. Here's the Uchi pitch, and a curveball is swung on him. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? A three-run shot for Jordan Sprinkle. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Big West. Top of the order, Cummings. Two for three, two runs scored. And a stolen base. Trying to get things started with two outs. Down home with a big breath, and the first pitch of the at bat is hammered to center field. Back is Peabody. He's still going back. He's at the track. He leaps. He's not going to get this one. It's a solo homer for Cummings. And the Gauchos take a 6 5 lead. <laughs> the nod to the parents in the stands as Cole Cummings goes dead central. Single in the first, stole a base, scored a run. Single in the third, scored a run. Doubled in the fourth, drove in Cummings, and then he singled in the sixth. One strike pitch is over the head of the second baseman Torres. It's a five-hit game for Jordan Sprinkle as he's got four singles and a double. And he's at first with two outs here in the eighth inning. And the offensive heroics from Sprinkle continue. He's had a two-homer game. He had the six RBI game. That was the same game. And now he has his first career five-hit game. There we go. They heard me. They're making some noise upstairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Two balls and two strikes. Clayton Hall, the transfer from Merced College, kicks and delivers. And a fastball is hit foul left side. In on the hands of Torres, and we'll do it again. 89 on the gun there. Right at the height of the plate, or excuse me, height of the zone. Three feet, four inches above the ground. That is, that is middle, middle. Just a bit high. Tough one to put a piece on. 
And the 2-2. It's swung on and missed. Clayton Hall comes in and strands the bases loaded. And the Gauchos take game one, 6-5 over UC Irvine. And Clayton gets the save. A dynamite performance out of the bullpen by Clayton Hall and Carter Benbrook as the Gauchos hang on by a thread. And they come from behind and defeat UCI by a final score of six to five. What a performance by Clayton Hall. Two strikeouts, they get the fielder's choice and the strikeout of Torres to end the game. All right, I'm here with Coach Chaggetts. Gauchos took one on the chin this weekend, but three weeks left. Still lots of baseball to be played, and another big series coming up with UCLA this coming weekend. Two games at Jackie Robinson and one game at Caesar Wasaka Stadium, but let's talk about the series this weekend. Coach, what was your message to the players after Sunday? Because Gauchos dropped three of four. They were tough games. Irvine came to play. They played clean baseball. They pitched and they hit in the big situations. And Gauchos only scored three runs in the last three games. Um, what was your message to the guys? Yeah, I just, I, you know, I felt like we played scoreboard standing baseball instead of process baseball. And um, I thought we we played the moment instead of playing the game. And you could see that. You could see the game really sped up on us. Um, and we lost the ability to to be present and whether that was in the box or on the mound or on defense. And um, it started pretty early. You know, we won on Friday, they had us on the ropes, but you know, we, we didn't, we didn't play super clean baseball on Friday. And um, I think you, where it showed up for me early was, you know, some of the defensive miscues, you know, we misread a couple of balls. We, you know, missed some cutoffs, some basic stuff that, um, you know, guys trying to force the issue on defense. <clears throat> and I thought, you know, that, you know, we were fortunate to win that game. Um, but that translated into, you know, a, you know, a really rough doubleheader. And you, you could see the frustration with the guys. They were having trouble separating at bats. Um, <clears throat> we were having trouble uh, compound com with uh, uh, compounding things uh, on defense and on the mound. You know, we had, they had, they were able to score five on us and um, had some crooked numbers there where we were, um, lost the strike zone, trying to be too fine, trying not to give up runs um, as opposed to, you know, staying, staying focused on the process of attacking the strike zone and getting ahead of hitters and finishing them. Um, and then you could see it with our body language and then some of the at-bats where guys were taking, you know, uncharacteristically um, bad at-bats. Um, and yet, you know, we've got to tip our cap to Irvine. Um, they did a, they did a really good job. They they played like the the best team in the conference over the weekend. We did not. Um, they had a challenge of coming up to our place. Um, I think the talent level is, um, uh, it, you know, is, is is fairly equal there. But they 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 played better and um, they pitched better and um, and and we didn't handle some of that um, some of that pressure very well. Um, all across the field for me, some of the, some of the spots that it was, you know, really evident is we, we were really trying to force things on Sunday. Um, you saw that with, you know, we had the, the, the ball that steel hits, that's a base hit. If he runs through the bag, we try to make the turn. And, you know, in that situation, we're down by a bunch of runs. We need base runners, you know, double, a double versus a single really isn't that meaningful. We tried to force it. We had the same thing with Rodriguez on the bases where he's, 
you know, trying to get to third on that pop-up to left field um, that ends up getting caught and he gets doubled up, um, you know, and he really should just be halfway. And if it drops, we're first and second. If it doesn't, we go back and tag. And he, he was trying to force it. And you saw that a lot in the box with the guys with some of the frustration. So my message to them was, you know, we've got to get back to playing process baseball and one pitch at a time. And it sounds cliche, but it's true and it's real. We've got to get off of, you know, the scoreboard, the standings, the postseason, all that stuff, and just focus on playing good baseball and have a good week of work, um, working on getting better and improving. And, you know, we got exposed this weekend. We got exposed, you know, all kinds of different places. And um, we got some things that we got to tighten up uh, going into the, the next weekend. So I have three thoughts that come to mind. One is sometimes it's better to have a weekend like this before the season ends. It's better to have it now at the beginning of May than in the last weekend of the season or in a regional. So that's the first thought. The second thought is it's the, on this podcast. It's a new platform for me still, even though it's been going for about a year, honestly, it's a new platform and it's mostly been positive because we wanted to stay positive through the pandemic, reviewing the great teams of the Gauchos in the past, talking about guys that play in the pros. And then with all the success that, UCSB has had in their 30 and 16 seasons so far, most of this has been positive. And one of the challenges is, well, when the Gauchos don't win, what do we talk about? How do we address it? What things do we bring up? So that's kind of my thought on this podcast. And it's, it's a challenge on the field as well, right? It's easy to go about your business when you win. It's easy because you're having fun. You're stoked to go to the yard every day feels like this is you're where, where you're supposed to be. When you lose, you get the negative thoughts coming into your head, right? Sometimes it's it's frustrating. These these things that nag on you are exposed or, or become a bigger deal. And we were talking about it on the broadcast, like the little details, like you mentioned, that become such a, a big deal, like a pickoff throw to first that gets away from the first baseman that moves the runner from first to second. When you're down three runs in the fifth inning, it's like a thorn in the side. It's like, oh, like now you feel like that runner is going to score. And it's, it's hard as a spectator and a broadcaster to watch that. And I can only imagine what it feels like as a coach. And then as a player, like it's hard to deal with those things. So I guess what I'm trying to say is how do you and the players go about staying the course when you lose a series that was as important as that. Like, how are you going to address things during the week? And you, I guess you mentioned it a little bit. It's stick with the process. Like, we have to remind ourselves that we're a good baseball team, that these guys have done it all year long, and that they have the talent to do it. They have the know-how, and they have done it before. So is it a reminder type thing, or is it a kind of tweak and move forward and try something new type of thing? moving forward to the weekend this next weekend yeah i mean we're always trying to you know tweak and make practice better or make the development side of things better um you know unfortunately we're you know where we are we are 30 and 16 the guys have done a good job at this point um we still have 20 percent of our season left and i think that's you know another thing that i'll remind the guys of when we see them on tuesdays 20 percent of the season that's a significant portion you know, yes. I think it's really easy when you get down to the stretch. And I, 
I've heard a guys, a couple of guys talk about, well, the season's, the regular season's almost over. And it's like, well, it's really not. I mean, we're, we're talking about 20% of our season. That's, that's a, that's a large chunk of the season. So we still have a lot of it out in front of us. And some of the things that we're, we're dealing with are fixable things. Um, it's not a talent issue. You know, we have enough, we have enough talent. We have enough arm strength. We have enough pitching. We have enough offense. Um, there's, you know, and there's some teams that are at this point of the year thinking about, you know, how do we retool? We don't have enough talent. We don't, we aren't good enough. We don't, you know, regardless of how well we play or how much we practice or how much we coach, um, this is a recruiting issue. There's not enough talent on the field to beat the teams that we need to beat. And fortunately where we're at, that's not the case. There is enough talent. There's enough talent on the field. Um, and, you know, as coaches, it's our job to get the best out of those guys. And you know, we didn't have them prepared this weekend like we would have liked. Um, but I also think it, it is a, a wake-up call as well for the guys. I mean, I think the, the attention to detail, the process-focused baseball, um, I think sometimes they get tired of hearing that. Um, and, you know, I, I was actually going to talk to the guys. I hate to say it on the podcast, have them here at the first time. But, you know, we had a we had a, a – uh, position players, you know, when they get ready for the game, they, they, they do a, they get all hyped up and do whatever they do and have fun, but they do a, a, a break after that. And they started breaking with win. Um, and I, I don't, I think I noticed it on Friday. I hadn't noticed it prior to that. And I, I wanted to ask some of the position players, cause I'm not in that. It was just, it's just the players. Um, if that was a, this weekend thing, and um, for me, that's we, we don't we don't talk about winning the actual game itself a lot. That's scoreboard watching versus we talk a lot about playing well and improving and getting better and being prepared and being in the moment and grinding through the game. And if we do talk about winning, it's talk about winning the process. Um, and so, I, I mean, I think that's something that we, we need to address with this group during the week that they've got to keep their heads down and stay focused on, on the next step. And um, if we really get caught up on everything's about winning the actual game, as opposed to winning the process, then we have weekends like we had this last week and we don't, where we don't play to our potential. Um, so and again, Irvine's got a good team. We could have played to our potential and, you know, maybe not won the series, but you know, I feel like based on the talent we have in the roster, we're going to at least be able to split that series. Um, and, you know, if not, and the other thing is, you know, find a way to win a one nothing game. You know, we were, we were up one nothing in the, the eighth on uh, the first game on Saturday. And um, nobody said we can't find a way to win that one nothing game. And I know it's easy to point the finger at the offense, you know, the last, but you know, you can win one nothing. You can win two to one. Um, and I think we have enough arms to be able to do that and good enough defenders to be able to do that. And um, not taking any of the, pressure off the offense to perform at the level that they're capable of. Cause I don't, I think they're much more capable of putting up runs than, than we, we showed this weekend, but, um, but I, I think, you know, finding ways to, to minimize, finding ways to, uh, and it starts on the mound. It's, you know, it starts there. It really, I mean, it really does. And, um, we gave them a lot, we gave them, you know, a lot of, a lot of free bases, um, you know, you can do that multiple times in an inning. That's how you get those crooked numbers. So, um, and I'm r rambling here a little bit, but I think, you know, I think we are talented enough. There's enough there. 
we've got to we've got to have a better week of practice where we're focused more on the process and off of the winning uh, the actual game and back to winning winning the process and um and i you know i think I, again i think we've got enough talent to to be able to do something um with the remaining 20 percent of our season so the third that i have was was mcgreevy on 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 friday shortest start of the year and i'm thinking man gauchos can win a game and mcgreevy goes four and a third like this is great we're in good shape like i thought it was a it was a thrilling win on friday especially with clayton hall coming in bases loaded nobody out top of the ninth you got your heart in, in your in your mouth essentially like that was pretty fun to watch that and I mean, you think if, if the Gauchos can win on Friday with McGreevy only going four and two thirds, like it's going to be a great weekend. But yeah, you know, the four sorry. the four games the the four games I think changes that. I think if if it's a three game series, it's it's different versus a four game because you had to use Carter Benbrook for three and two thirds, and then you had to go to Clayton Hall, and you know you're using your your primary weapons on a Friday, and you still got three games to play. So that's kind of the the backside of of that is that. Yes, you get the win, but you really had to play most of your cards to get that win. Yeah, and we, you know, we used basically used Carter for the weekend to win that game. It, you know, we had to. I mean, we had to at, at that yeah. point. We, we blew him out for the weekend. Um, and if we would have lost that game, that would have been even more painful to you know blow out your two primary relievers and lose. Um, you know, in hindsight, I shouldn't have brought Clayton back on a you know, the next day, I don't think he's, he hasn't, that's the first time he's had to throw back to back days all season. Um, and, you know, I, I should have waited on, waited on him. He was still good the day before and felt like that was a critical moment in the game to get that stop and I'm probably asking too much of him to come in on back to back days at this point um, in the season. But yeah, you're rolling in game two and Booney's up one, nothing into the eighth. And, you know, you just won the, the day before and you feel pretty, you know, pretty good about that. Um, there so but you know we, we got to figure out a way to close that game out and and finish that thing and you know our bullpen guys are going to need to do um do what they're capable of um and they're they're capable of closing that thing out yeah unfortunately it was the five run eighth in game two it was the four run seventh in game three and then the three run i think sixth inning in game four so it was uh, it was the big numbers uh, late innings which has plagued the Gauchos before. Oregon was able to do that against the Gauchos, and, and Irvine was able to do that this weekend. So let's see. Moving forward to next weekend, it's a three-game series. Three-game series. It, it feels like, man, we don't have to play four. I, I'm trying to think of, of how to describe the feeling of only playing three instead of four. Like, is it – you mentioned it's like – what did you say before we went on? It's not like a three-hour week. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a, a full-time week. Yeah. <laughs> I just do you feel like the Gauchos will have? Because I feel like this team's built to win three games in a regional. That's that's what I what I've started to think about is that you've got McGreevy, Boone, and, and Corey Lewis. I mean, if, if he can go pitch into the seventh inning with eleven strikeouts and no walks as a third starter. Yeah, it's pretty good. So it's big. It's an important series against UCLA. You got RPI points on the table. You got some bounce back stuff, some confidence boost stuff on the table, and you're playing on the road 
it's going to be another challenge. Um, but do you think the Gauchos will have some kind of, do they have some kind of advantage in, in the rest of the teams in the big West from having to play four games on a weekend and then maybe going to a regional and having to just play three or playing a non-conference opponent in a three game series? Is there some kind of advantage there? Do you think? Well, I don't know if we have an advantage over UCLA, but I mean, it definitely, sure. Sure. It, it definitely changes how we manage the game and, and what we do. I think, you know, we tried to do some more matchup stuff this last weekend with, with uh, Jorge and Hattie against that, you know, they, they were running four straight left-handed hitters out there and then um, and they gave us trouble all weekend, it gave our right-handers trouble. So, we, you know, we tried to, tried to match up some left-left stuff and it blew up in our faces um, and we, we weren't able to, we didn't get effective outings out of those guys in those moments. Um, but prior to that, most of the year, you know, we haven't done a lot of matchup stuff. And a lot of that has to do with because of the four game set, because you just don't have the ability to throw a guy three out of four games because of the double header um, that would require you to go three days in a row. You just, you, it's really hard. So you almost have to make a decision of when you bring a guy in, you got to let him go a little bit. And then the next day you got to bring him in and let him go a little bit. Um, because every time you bring a guy in and you get him hot and, and he has to go, go throw, you, you might not be able to use him, you know, that next day, especially in a double header situation, you won't, you won't be able to use him that next game. Um, so it changes how we manage that, you know, um, and you might be able to match up a little bit more in the bullpen if you need to. Um, you don't have to cover four games with the back end, which is, you know, it's something, something we struggle with. Um, so you're, you're just covering three innings and I'm sorry, three games, three back ends of the game. Um, and I think that we're set up better to do that uh, than we have been in the four game set. And I think everybody could say that, but I also think we're set up to beat good teams uh, on, a, on a three game set because of the starting pitching. And because we do have, you know, a couple of quality relievers that that can get us through a three game set as opposed to needing to go a little bit deeper in the bullpen. Um in a four game set. So um, now, you know, we, if we get into a regional and you lose a game and you got to play, you know, four or five games, you know, I think we're, we'll be experienced in doing that. What I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you feel different, Kevin, cause you're, you know, you're there before everybody and there after everybody with the field. Um, but I feel like we're, we're on, we're at the field the same amount as we usually would for a three game set. You know, because mm -hmm. the batting practice has been shortened right. a little bit. Um, so I, I, a three-game series, it still feels like you're at the ballpark from, you know, Friday at noon until Sunday at, at yes. 7. Yes. Um, yes. So whether you're playing three or four games, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't feel a whole lot. It's just 36 innings is a lot of baseball. Yeah. I mean, I – I was loathing the the Saturday night, Monday, uh, Sunday morning turnaround because I, I, I thought I'd be late at the ballpark later with a 7 o'clock start for Saturday's game. But I got home at the same time that I did as I did on Friday. I was there the same amount of time. I got there at 10 in the morning, and I was home at like midnight or something like that on Friday and on Saturday. But just the only difference was on Saturday we played two baseball games. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the, players, the players feel that too. And – the four games is a lot. 18 innings is a lot. Yeah, and you realize that we're playing three games in pretty much a span of 24 hours between Saturday and Sunday every yeah. weekend. Yeah. 
three baseball I, games. In I think the, the no pregame batting practice has helped. Yes. Um, I think some of that stuff allows everybody to get to the ballpark a little bit later and the guys to recover a little bit more. So I think that was something that the conference put in, put in play that I think, I, I think has helped. Um, and, you know, no midweek and really, you know, Monday off and day to recover. I've actually liked it from a practice perspective of like the consistency of being able to get three quality practices in a week, as opposed to, you know, when you play a midweek game, you get a Monday's a tune-up practice, which is short because you, you're still trying to recover from the weekend, but you want your guys to get a little bit ready for the game. You're taking Wednesday off. You got a tune-up practice on Thursday because you got a game Friday versus, you know, we can get two really good practices in on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and then have a tune-up on a Thursday. And I, I, I like that. I think it's better for player development. <clears throat> Do you think it's been challenging on the hitters because they don't have a game in the middle of the week where you can kind of keep any rhythm or flow that you have swinging the bat because it feels like each each weekend has been distinctly different in in different ways where like you don't it's it hasn't carried over and maybe this is just me having more experience and this has always been the case but i, I feel like like the cal poly weekend was totally different than the uci weekend just with I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking as an offensive player where I have four days where I'm not getting live pitching instead of like having one in there where I'm, I'm getting ready for a game. I don't know. Like, do you think each weekend? Yeah. Maybe, yeah, there, yeah. I mean, there could, there could be some of that where you, you know, your eyes aren't seeing live pitching on Tuesday and you're, you're going, you know, four or five days between games. So I think where you make up with it is you're playing a, you're getting deeper into bullpens on Saturday and you're getting um, really deep into bullpens on Sunday. So I think there's, there's definitely an advantage to the hitters. And if you look at the pitching numbers across the conference, they're, you know, the offensive numbers are way up this year and the ERAs are, are way up um, relative to, you know, the 15 games that everybody played last year um, and the season before, you know, even I'd, I'd have to look at, I haven't dug into 19 as much, but um that there's definitely been more offense um, across the board. Um, you know, in the last two weekends, you know, we faced better pitching and have struggled a little bit um, going in. But, so, you know, so much is, you know, what about the pitching that you're going to face? Um, and then sometimes it has a lot to do with, you know, what time of day you play and what the ballpark's playing like. And, you know, we went to UC San Diego and anything in the air to right field was had a chance to go out of the yard. And we've had that happen here, um, you know, especially early in the year, anything that got mm-hmm up in the jet stream was, was going to carry out of the ballpark. And, you know, last two weekends it's played, you know, more fair. We've, you know, the ball, the balls haven't carried quite as much. And um, it's just because there were some balls hit yesterday that, you know, the right field that early in the season were, you know, we're out of the ballpark. Um, so uh, there's a lot of different factors that factor into, you know, what's going on in the offense, but ultimately it starts with who you're facing on the mound. And the scouting reports starting to get out there. You know, you can see our guys starting to get pitched a little different based on scouting reports and yep. based on the adjustments that you got to make. People are just adjusting, and um, and some of our guys have struggled with that. You know, a little bit. I think you know Rodriguez made an adjustment on Sunday and was better again. Um, but he, you know, he was spinning. It was moving really fast on him and uh, trying too hard and swinging at everything. 
seemed like he was able to make some adjustments on Sunday. But, but you know, that starts to factor into it if people are getting a lot of information about, you know, what's going on. Yeah, Zach with three hits on Sunday. And I mean, he's been in the cleanup spot as a freshman. Yep. For the majority of the year. So he's he's going to get pitched tough. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Making adjustments and got a three hit game. So you got Sprinkle with a five hit game. You go ahead, Homer by Cummings on on Friday. I mean, there were there were lots of bright spots, of course, um, this weekend. And I thought the uh, I thought the field, the stadium, looked good on ESPN on Saturday night. I was happy that the sun came out because that time of night is when Caesar Wasaga Stadium really shows its good colors. When it's when the sun's going down, the shadows, and you can see the mountains, and it's clear, and I thought it looked great. So. Yeah, everybody did a good job, including you and your crew getting it getting it ready and. I haven't had a chance to watch any of the ESPN stuff yet. I'm, I'm not sure I actually will go back and watch that one, but um, <laughs> I'll take your word for it that the stadium looked nice and uh, the Gaucho baseball wasn't great. <laughs> well, there was they had they had the camera on the lift behind the first base dugout, so they had a super high angle from right over first base, which was different. I hadn't seen that before. You know, of course, I noticed a few things. Was like, oh, it looks like that from that high. Interesting. But it looked good. I thought it looked good. We had we had clean lines and green grass and a nice evening. So, yeah. Aside from the baseball, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll look forward to the UCLA series this weekend. Two on the road, one at home. Um, it was also nice to have fans back. I, mean, I haven't talked to you about yeah. having having people in the stands, having uh, family and friends. I've had some of my friends come and seen the Checkets clan. Uh, with the rest of the the coaching staff, uh, wives and girlfriends and kids, like, so, it's been great having that presence back at the yard. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nice to have everybody there, and I was curious, you know, that it's pretty much been just baseball, you know, baseball, and I, I think it's a, I think it's changed things on the field a little bit. Yeah, just baseball and wear a mask. Those are the. And, and distant those were the three kind of things that were exclusively focused on um and i have to say personally i, I felt distracted with the t- ticket stuff you know mm-hmm. there was a, mm-hmm. a lot of i wouldn't say drama but there was a lot of stuff going on that um took away the focus from preparing and i was concerned about our guys with that that you know, they were needing to deal with that. And now their parents are coming up and they're trying to balance the social contract with the host, you know, hosting their parents and still seeing them. And, um, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have them there. I think it was awesome. And I'm appreciative of our administrator administration for being able to pull that off. Um, but, but it was different and, and there was some distraction, um, there that I, I know I felt for sure. And I'm assuming the other guy, the, the guys did as well. It's something we're going to have to, we're going to have to work through. Not, and I'm not, I'm not making excuses because, no, no, no. you know, it's not, but it, it was real and it was, it was there. So, yeah. Um, well, I, I told, I felt it at Long Beach when like, Oh wow. There's like, there's gaucho people here. Like this is, this is different. Like you, yeah. it was distinctly noticeable just cause you were so used to your 30 games of, Stadiums being completely empty, so there's there is no third party distraction or third party um, influence on the game, and it was it was different. So it's it's something 
I think if you if you listen to other athletes talk who are playing the professional ranks, like when they started bringing fans in, like it's a noticeable difference. Like it it is definitely a a presence in the game that was overlooked before, just because you're used to it, right? You're used to having people in the stands, and now that you didn't have it, and they're coming back, it it feels different. It feels different one way or the other. And I, yeah, I, I thought we'd get that. You know, I, I felt like there wasn't a super home field advantage. Um, for mm-hmm. people over the course of the year. Um, sorry, I got a cat that wants out of the room. Um, I, I felt like the they're really they're just when it, when your team got going offensively, um, that energy had to all come from your dugout. And when kids were wearing masks and spread out, um, it was hard to hard to create some of that and and run with some of that momentum. Um, and I noticed it at UC San Diego on Sunday, their crowd, it seemed like got bigger every day that they, they kind of a trickle of people. And then on Sunday, they had a bigger crowd there and they got some momentum going and it felt like we were the road team. Um, yes. And, and um, Long Beach, there was, you know, a little bit more of that, but we had a really good gaucho contingent there that was providing some energy. Um, so I was hopeful this weekend with fans in the stands and, you know, Caesar's pretty intimate with, you know, the, the stands being on top of you and um, that that would be an advantage to have, you know, our families and, and, and people in the stands uh, to create some of that energy. We just, we didn't give them a whole lot to, to get excited about. So they were sitting on their hands for, for uh, about three games there and we weren't able to, able to utilize that. So um, they're, they're contributing to the nervous energy. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't want to make excuses. Irvine played great all weekend. And, you know, Sunday was the, you know, they, they played flawless baseball. I mean, not only did they, they pitched they, they well. And, every play they made, every, I think there was a string of like, like two, three innings in a row. Like when the gouches were down three or, or, or five, and it was like liner to, to right field, sliding catch, the bouncing ball up the middle, diving play, and then the diving stop and left and the leaping catch by the shortstop. And like, it was like, at that point it was like, okay, yeah, and a few a few of those things place. were you know things that we could control, but besides that, you know they didn't they didn't give us anything. They didn't, mm-hmm. you know, when we started to get some momentum going, and you know, we had the bases loaded with Zerod up, and they punched us out. And um, you know, every time we got a little bit going, they made a great play. They didn't give us anything on the mound. They didn't walk anybody. Um, so they 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 played they played flawless uh, baseball. Um, we weren't able to get our crowd energized uh, uh, very much over the course of the weekend. So hopefully we'll be able to change that this weekend. Yeah. You look at Z-Rod's three hits. You know, remember he had all those RBIs against UC San Diego and he had, he had three hits this Sunday. It's like, man, he must have had a huge game. But the, the one time he didn't get a hit was with the bases loaded. The other two times were leading off an inning or two outs and nobody on. And that's baseball. That yeah, and their and their and their middle guys hurt us when they had guys on the scoring position and mm-hmm. a chance to do damage. They did, um, and that was, you know, that, but it, again, I think I think we you know we've still got twenty percent of the season out in front of us, and we've got a good team, and um, we'll go do some do, do some tweaking. And um, like I said before, the fortunate thing is we don't need to make any trades. We got good enough players, so just need them to go out and be themselves and play good. Let's get after it. Jax, appreciate the time, and uh, we'll see you at the ballpark. All 
All right, UCSB Analytics is here. David Tillotson, Spencer Stewart. Rough weekend for the Gauchos. Lost three or four against UC Irvine. But we're moving forward, and we still have awards to pass out, so let's jump right into it. Players of the week, because there are some candidates. There are certainly some candidates. Whose turn is it to go first? Raise your hand if it's your turn. David's raising his hand. <laughs> so go for it. You get first pick. Uh, players of the week. Um, I'm going to give mine out to Jordan Sprinkle, uh, particularly for his performance on Friday night, uh, five for five. Um, you know, kind of capitalizing on uh, UC Irvine's starting pitching, um, was able to get on base and kind of help the Gauchos uh, stay in that kind of back and forth game. Um, and so trying to pull up his stats here from, from the weekend, um, ended up hitting 375 on the weekend, um, driving in a run, scoring two runs, uh, and stealing two out of three bags. One of the ones on Friday night, I remember the pitcher picked over twice and then uh, on the pitch right after those two pickovers, uh, Springs snagged second base. Um, so kind of continuing to tear it up on the bases for us and then continuing to swing a hot stick and playing a good playing good defense at shortstop as well. Yeah, and Sprinkle first, Gaucho to have a five-hit game since 2015. Luke Swenson, last Gaucho to do it. And Luke was Luke was fun to watch, outfielder, left-hand hitter. He was gritty. So congratulations, Jordan Sprinkle. Good pick. Good pick. 5-8 game. Don't see those very often. Spencer, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Cole Cummings. Cole, 313 on the weekend. He had five hits, one of those a double, and one of those one of the louder home runs I think we've seen. Um, that dead center bomb was the uh, the difference maker in that wild Friday night game. So that's off to you, Cole. That was a lot of fun. And, and watching that one sail, um, jaw literally dropped. So good stuff, Cole. He played a clean third base um, and was one for one stolen bases. I thought that he did a great job at the top of the order this weekend. Okay, my guy, Carter Benbrook. Just continues to be a rock out of the pen. Three and two-thirds innings on Friday in relief of McGreevy. Uh, Carter came in in the fifth inning. He allowed just five hits, no runs. Struck out four, walked two. Got the win uh, on Friday night. And I don't think he had his best stuff. He he would tell you that if you asked him. I don't think he had his best stuff on, on Friday. And he made it work. And we've seen him do that before where it's he's working with what he's got. And he makes it effective one way or the other. And he competes out there. He's got the glove slap. He loves coming off the mound when he finishes the innings with some fire. So uh, Carter Benbrook is my guy, player of the week. Um, I guess we, we kind of touched on a couple moments of the week. I, I, was gonna, I, was, I had the five-hit game as a moment of the week. I also had the, the go-ahead homer by Cummings as a moment of the week. Do you guys have any other that you guys want to bring up? For moments, Dave, you're probably gonna pick this one, the the one that's available. Uh, I'll leave the uh, the low hanging fruit to see. Um, I'm sure that you'll <laughs> you'll pick up that one. Um, kind of a bittersweet moment. Um, I, I believe he's all right. It was more precautionary, but um, 
McLean going two for two with two doubles on Saturday uh, in game one, I believe. Yep. Um, it was great to see. Great to see him back in the lineup. I think we had we, he got some ABs against Cal Poly uh, and a start at second base as well there. But um, just great to see him back and swinging a hot stick um, and him getting back healthy um, in the lineup for the Gauchos. Spencer, it's good. It's a great pick. Great yeah, pick. So those two doubles were were sweet and they uh, they were roped. Came in big spots too. Um, I'm gonna go with Nick Welch. I'll leave the the theatrics. That Kevin, you can snag the one that we're all thinking of. But Nick Welch coming in two and a third, striking out five. Um, best we've seen him. Best we've seen him. The fastball changeup combo was lethal. Um, I'll touch on the metrics in a bit, but uh, man, he was he looked real good up there. And I thought, in terms of his presence on the mound, that was the most confident I've ever seen. Um, we touched on it. We said that he had a good live hitters throughout the week and that he carried that momentum that he, uh, from when he threw right into the game and shut the door on him. Well, I appreciate you guys throwing me this, this bone here, but Clayton Hall on Friday comes in, bases loaded, nobody out, top of the ninth. It's six, five gauchos on a Friday night in front of friends and family strikes out Domla, gets, I think it was Spillane to bounce into a fielder's choice at third base with Cummings coming home to cut down the run for out number two. And then on a 2-2 pitch, strikes out Torres to strand the bases loaded and give the Gauchos the win. And at that point, it was, oh, if we can get a win when McGreevy only went four and a third, like, it's going to be a good weekend. Um, So tip of the cap to Clayton Hall. It's the second time where he came in. And, you know, he missed a lot of time at the beginning of the year, and he was great against Long Beach State. And that was a great performance uh, on Friday. So, Clayton Hall, he's my – that's my moment of the week. Uh, let's see. Any metrics from you two? Hard hit balls, nasty pitches. What do we got? Well, since I just mentioned it, Nick Welch going up there, getting seven whiffs in 30 pitches. Um, five of those whiffs came on the changeup. He threw 76% strikes, 40% called strike whiff percent, um, and all three pitches generated some whiffs. So that was awesome to see. He touched 92.8. Um, so he came out throwing some heat, and then the arm speed on that changeup is just deadly. They pair so well together, those two pitches. And then when he flips in a curveball, and uh, you got guys chasing that as well. That um, lethal combination, that was a lot of fun to watch him throw. Dave? Uh, yeah, Cole Cummings home run, uh, 100.8 off the barrel and uh, 416 feet. Uh, the center fielder had just made a ridiculous play on uh, Johnny Bloom's 407-foot, uh, somehow stayed inside the yard, deepest part of the park. Uh, kind of slamming into the fence and then it wasn't just about a couple of pitches later he was trying to rob Cole's home run um, which I don't know if he had a shot if that ball went 416 feet uh, I think he ended up losing his sunglasses too over the wall I saw him kind of grabbing them I think somebody said they got thrown back to him so uh, he hit the wall pretty hard <laughs> going for that, that thing but uh but uh yeah that that was a an absolute rocket out to center field Cole's done that a couple of times now 
um, where he's given balls really good rides out to center field and the opposite field. He's got a knack for kind of hitting home runs that way. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the only metrics I have on home runs this weekend. It's also awesome just seeing him as he's crossing the plate uh, well in the Cal Poly series and then this series as well, giving a little point up to the family in the stands. I asked him, I said, who are you, who are you, um, you know, giving some love to up there? And he said, I was my grandparents up there and they were thrilled. And uh, I mean, that's just, it's what it's all about. So, you know, it's awesome seeing him get it done again. Uh, but just a, a cool little tidbit there, I thought. Yeah, I mean, moments like that, moments like Clayton Hall coming in in the ninth inning in that situation, like beginning of the season with no fans, like those situations just felt different. So it, it's cool to have those those happen at home with the home fans uh, and getting the support um, to go along with it. Those are cool moments for sure. Okay, I have a comeback player of the week. It's the infield dirt sprinklers. We have not... We have not gone to them very much uh, in games this year, uh, but we, we decided to bring them in. I think was it the the seventh inning in game one of the doubleheader, something like that. Um, came in just for like a pitch or two, just to to show that they work and that they do spray water um, over the infield dirt. Uh, so good job on the uh, the infield sprinklers, um, getting that done. So welcome back. Infield sprinklers. That's my comeback player of the week. It's too bad they couldn't have waited a couple of hours to come on in prime time, you know? That would have been better, right? On ESPNU. <laughs> <laughs> it did get there was a there was a photograph of it on the the write up on D one baseball. Uh good picture with who I think it was Roberts on the hill, like looking out towards shortstop and there's two sprinklers that are uh, in between or like on either side of them spraying up in the air and the, the caption was like who's the, the UCSB groundskeeper is it Carl Speckler the guy from Caddyshack Carl played, <laughs> <laughs> played by Bill Murray <laughs> so hopefully uh, hopefully that's the last appearance for the uh, infield sprinklers um, MLB report Bieber started against Kansas City this week. Got the uh, no decision, but he did continue his strikeout streak. I think it's up to 18 games with eight or more strikeouts. He struck out nine, uh, nine hits, three earned runs, and he pitches next on Tuesday night. So tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, let's see. Unfortunately, Dylan Tate was put on the injured list. So he's going to be out for the Orioles. And Kyle Nelson did not appear in a game over the last couple weeks, or the last week, I should say, for the Indians. Anything else to note for the major leaguers before I get to a minor league report? Because minor league baseball started these last couple weeks. Um, You guys know nothing? Okay. So 19 active minor leaguers, former Gauchos. So I'm I'm just going to list them off because... And I have a couple notes for each one. Um, first off, uh, Clay Fisher with the Orioles, Tommy Jew with the Cardinals, Thomas Rowan with the Marlins, Shea Berry from the Astros, and Trevor Betancourt with the Phillies. They are active, but they are not. They have not been placed on a team as of yet. So those five guys, um, I'm not really sure how 
if there's extended spring training or if there's a, a later league that's starting, I don't think so because I know that they they condensed the minor league teams. But those five guys are still active. Um, they just aren't on a team at the present time, May 10th or May 11th. Uh, but some of the guys who are who have played already, uh, Armani Smith is with the single-A San Jose Giants. And so far he's hitting three thirty three. He's got a double, a triple, uh, and a home run. Ben Brecht is with single A Charleston, the River Dogs. He allowed uh, just one hit in his first start. Jack Dashwood is in single A with Inland Empire 66ers. He's got three and two thirds innings, no runs allowed, uh, and five strikeouts. JJ Muno, double A, Birmingham Barons. He's got a double and five at bats. Joe Record is with double uh, A Corpus Christi Hooks. He's got three hitless innings so far. Peter Maris was with AA Richmond for the first couple games, and now he's in Sacramento with uh, the AAA Sacramento River Cats. Eric Yang and Noah Davis are in single A with the Dayton Dragons. Uh, Yang homered in his first game. Picked up where he left off uh, with the Gauchos. And, well, not with the Gauchos. Where he picked up, he picked up where he left off with uh, Montana. The, alum, the alumni was, game. Uh, in Billings. Oh, yes, in the alumni game. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yes. The last home run he hit in a in a live baseball game was in the alumni game. In, uh, that was what, January of 2020 off of Rodney Boone. So, we, yeah, I shared a funny note with him. With him. Like, remember the last time you hit a homer, Yanger? He's like, yeah. I remember um, No Davis in his first start, five innings pitched, just one hit, eight strikeouts, uh, and one run. Dalton Kelly. So Dalton Kelly, 38th round pick. He's been in the minors since 2015. He's in AAA with Durham, the Bulls, hitting 313. He's got a double, two homers, four RBIs in his first six games. So he's swinging the bat well. He's had uh, a pretty good uh, minor league career. He's been in AAA for a couple years now. Chris Lincoln, single A, Fort Wayne, 10 caps. Andrew Martinez is in single A with the Aberdeen Ironbirds. He's hitting 333 with four ribbies. Tevin Mitchell is in double A, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Andrew Vasquez in AAA with the St. Saint Paul Saints. He's got three and a third innings pitched, six strikeouts and one hit. And Hector Lujan, who finished his college career at Westmont, was Gaucho for a couple years. He's in double A with the Wichita Wind Surge, and his pitching coach is Virgil Vasquez, former Gaucho. So that's your minor league report, and hopefully all those guys have, have great summers. It's fun to have minor league baseball back um, along with major league baseball and college baseball, of course. Uh, okay, UCLA series coming up. Two games at Jackie Robinson, one game at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. So Friday's game will be in L.A. Do you guys have any notes on the Bruins that you would like to share? Because UCLA, they are 27-15, and 15, currently two games out of first place in a very competitive Pac-12. There's five teams, six teams within two and a half games of first place. And their RPI sits at 32 and they are coming off of a weekend in which they swept. No, they won two of three from Washington State, who's a 
kind of a surprise team this year. They are um, a lot better than they have been in the past, the Cougars. So UCLA, they're not quite where they were last year when the Gauchos played them when they were ranked number one in a couple of different polls. But this is a big weekend for the Gauchos to try and gain some RPI points, gain a little confidence, um, and have a chance to play a three-game series instead of a four-game series. So you guys have any notes on uh, UCLA? Looking forward to the weekend. Dave? Um, I think they're number 23 in the country right now. Um, three pretty consistent starters when Zach Pet- Petway, uh, Shawan, and Jesse Bergen. Uh, and then I'm assuming that the four starter will be, um, why is his name escaping me? Jared Karras, um, who we saw last year on Tuesday uh, against UCLA in that, in that game we had at home. Um, Remember, we, I don't think we, any of those. Only three games. Only three games. Don't need a fourth oh, starter. You're right. That's one. So, game, that's one game last video that you have to record, David. <laughs> Saturday, I might be home a little early, huh? <laughs> um, so, uh, it, unconfirmed on the starters yet. Um, so some options there, at least I guess then for uh, who they want to go to. Um, but I, I think we're in for a good series again. Um, UCLA has kind of had some ups and some downs. I think they played Cal Poly earlier this year and, and struggled with them. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we've just got to come out and play uh, the baseball that we're capable of playing and kind of let the chips fall the way they're going to. Yeah, and they also played uh, They played UCI. They took two out of three from the Anteaters. They played Fullerton twice in a midweek. Um, they beat the Titans all three times, actually, that they played them. And then they lost two of three on the road in uh, San Luis Obispo. So they have, uh, this isn't the first Big West opponent that the Bruins have faced. Um, and that's that's normal. Usually they play, we'll, we'll play midweeks against Big West teams in Southern California. But uh, let's see, they are hitting 285 as a team. They do have a stud, JT Schwartz. He's hit 409 on the season he's slugging 643 um and they'll they'll have good bats matt mcclain he's a a highly touted prospect for for the bruins and then they're pitching i mean it's not the dynamite bruin pitching that we've seen in the past but their area is 3.57 so it's still a quality quality staff and they do have a, a couple of legit starters most notably um, I think Sean Mullen. He's eight and one. He's made nine starts and he's made nineteen appearances. So he could be one of those uh guys that starts on like a Friday and then closes on a Sunday. Just speculating. But they uh they will have some good arms, but they are not quite as deep as they have been in the past. So I mean it should be a fun series. Especially with Gauchos being able to go with McGreevy, Boone and Lewis if that is gonna be the three. Um you know, the three-game series is going to be a lot different than the four. So it'll definitely be a differently managed series than we have seen over the last handful of weeks. Uh, Spencer, anything to add? Shaking your head? I think you covered it all. I mean, it should be a good one. And I know that UC, with just the way that the draft went, there's a lot of similar players still on the uh, UCLA roster that probably have a little bit of a – yes a bitter taste in their mouth from um, the game that we played against them. And, you know, last year it was the Connor Connor combo with uh, JD Callahan starting 
that um, kind of quieted the UCLA bats. Um, some awesome plays. And, and I know that Mason Ng had come up clutch. He had a nice double to the wall in left field that was um, crucial for a Gaucho rally. So uh, they're probably coming for blood and uh, looking to prove a point. But uh, I think that the way the series went or the, the lone game went last year against them, um, we're in for some good baseball this weekend. Agreed. And it'll be fun to see Andrew Wagner, former uh, director of communications, athletic communications, who's now at UCLA. So it'll be cool to see Andrew. Uh, okay, that'll wrap it up for the podcast this week. David and Spencer, uh, we'll see you at Caesar Wasaka Stadium tomorrow. Sound good? Nice work. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. All right, thank you to our sponsors, Kyle's Kitchen and a guy with a truck, Junk Removal. Thank you to Coach Checkets for giving me the opportunity to present this great podcast for this great baseball program here at UC Santa Barbara. And uh, even though it was a negative week, three losses, uh, we move forward. And we look forward to the weekend uh, series with UCLA. Friday night at Jackie Robinson Stadium, 6 o'clock on UCSBGouches.com. Spencer and I will have the call. And then Saturday back at Caesar Wasaka Stadium, 2 o'clock start on Big West TV and UCSBGouches.com. And then Sunday back in L.A., at two o'clock and uh, keep tabs on all the minor leaguers uh, lots of good former gaucho baseball players having some early success in the minor league season follow the gauchos on instagram ucsb underscore baseball and follow uh, them on twitter same tag and then follow analytics page on twitter sb baseball data look forward to hearing from you or seeing you at the games this weekend against ucla and please have a great week. Okay.